This is a new episode of Empathy Always Wins. معكم علي سلامة on the world's exclusive youth, mental health, and leadership show. Um, you know, I keep switching up the introduction every single episode, but um, I really just want to give a really quick shout out to Ash for making this beautiful song. Ash is a very dear friend of mine and one of the Middle East's, you know, leading electronic music producers and artists. Um, I just want to really give him a shout out because he does everything out of his own heart and allowing allowing me to use his music is something that I don't take for granted. With over 400 million streams, this person I am so proud to call a brother of mine, alongside today's guest, both inspire me so much. Um, I just want to take a moment to say that during this pandemic, we get to realize so many different things about ourselves. And um, one of the most beautiful things that happened to me very recently was connecting with a very, very, very intelligent woman who is also our guest today on the show. And before I get into it, I just want to say that sometimes you cannot simply underestimate the power of LinkedIn. It all started from a message that turned into a relationship that seriously turned into something that I could see a lot, lot, lot more than just a professional relationship. So I'm so glad today to be welcoming our guest, Hela Boilwen. She is the founder and CEO of HBA Consultancy, a specialized firm in governance, risk and compliance advisory and training. She is a lawyer who holds three master's degrees in AI, financial crime, international business, law and cybersecurity from La Sagesse University, Lebanon and Boston University, USA. She is an experienced leader with more than 18 years of success helping high-profile local and global organizations pave their way through success. Hell has worked in Thomson Reuters and like, honestly speaking guys, just go on her LinkedIn, I'll put it down below. I can go on about Hella for ages, but one thing that her LinkedIn doesn't show is how big her heart is and uh, she is someone that is a fighter for a real cause, whether that be anti-money laundering, whether that be cybersecurity, whether that be human trafficking, whether that be counterterrorism financing, whether that be whatever that may be that seriously causes harm in the world, Hela is 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 the go-to person to bring about solutions. So with that being said, I just really want to cut it short there to really hop into our conversation because I um, felt a very special type of way when we ended that conversation. So with that being said, let's hop into our conversation with the one and only Hela Boilwen. And before we hop into our conversation, if you can leave a rating review and tell your friends about this show on Apple Podcasts, please do because it will help more people get the message around the show, which is all around being human, being empathetic, and really, really, really getting closer and more connected with the people we love through better leadership examples. Hela Balwen is one great example of what it takes to be a leader, and this show will only echo this message moving forward. So let's dive deep into our conversation with Hela Bu Alwen. 
Hella, thank you so much for uh, for coming and being with us today. Ala Empathy Always Wins. It's, uh, yani, I really couldn't believe uh, I would feel this the way I'm feeling when when we touched based on LinkedIn and seeing your work and seeing how you started for you and just, yani, just seeing your bullet interview, my my Fatma, and it's just so refreshing to see yani, a woman uh, who is a powerhouse and such a, a, a yani, su- such an inspiration to me on an emotional level to seeing how you deal and talk about, yani, with me off the record. For, I want you to tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and what you do and where you are right now. Thank you so much, Ali. I'm so happy to be with you. And actually, it's an honor to be with you. Oh. I was just telling you now that I uh, everything happens for a reason. And I think meeting you over LinkedIn was amazing thing. And I'm so happy we're talking and we're so happy we're doing this podcast. <laughs> so you're amazing and you're inspiration to many, 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 many people. I think thank across you. all ages, not only the youth, thank like across you. all ages. So thank you for having me. And uh, who, who I am, <laughs> who yeah. I am first. Tell us. I'm a, I'm a mother of a 12 years old son named Sammy. Uh, I think this is uh, my main career, being a mother. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> cooking, uh, um, helping with the studies, all of that. So I'm a mother before anything else. And I'm a lawyer by profession. I own a company which um, help people and organization fight financial crimes cyber crimes, um, um, corporate governance crimes and breaches and any compliance breaches. And it's, um, it's a bit challenging because it involves lots of mental health uh, cases as well, because yeah. people who have these issues, who these crimes have definitely have faced or will face or have faced, they were traumatized or had mental issues or lots of stress or depression or sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, I started my career with the United Nations. Then I worked with my dad, who is my super, I think, empathetic uh, leader <laughs> ever. <laughs> he taught me all of that. And then I moved to Dubai. I became head of anti-money laundering and financial crimes for a bank. And then I worked with the regulator for the same thing, financial crimes. And then for my last, before opening my company, I, I worked for nine years with Thomson Reuters also leading their financial crimes across all emerging markets. Wow. Uh, educational level, I have three master's degrees, AI, financial crimes, international business law. Wow. Uh, so all it's around law, but law and AI, artificial intelligence and cybersecurity. Mm. That's for me. <laughs> Thank wow. you. Wow. I think that, uh, I think the most fascinating thing you said there was working for UN and then just moving into financial crime like there is there a link there is there like when was the realization that maybe you got and 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 thought that uh finance like working in cybersecurity and going into the anti-money laundering law because it, it requires a very purposeful and you're seeing you right now like where where can we draw the line there in in terms of finding that that, that the purpose in, in pursuing that You know, for me, it happened by accident, so I didn't plan it. (laughs) And I think sometimes when when you let life guide you, sometimes definitely you have a purpose. You want to help others. You want to solve complicated stuff sometimes, but you don't know what. Sometimes at a certain age, we want to do something, but we're not specific about it. Just, you know, have this thought 
and life will manifest it for you. So for me, it happened by accident. I was working in intellectual property uh, department in the United Nations, not related at all to financial crimes. But I think, um, and I mentioned this with Fatma's interview, my dad played on my nerves. He started like, <laughs> you have to be a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I have a company. Uh, who will like lead my company, you know, after I become old? You know how, how parents yeah, want course. us to, to take over stuff. So initially, I, I didn't want to listen even. <laughs> he started taking me to the courts and making me attend court cases and you know, with the jury and with the prisoners. And some of them were financial crimes. Mm. And some of them were human trafficking or slavery or all those kinds, which, which are very, it hurts your feeling. And then I thought, you know what, this, this is my purpose in life. And mm. I want to go there. And I switched my career. I resigned from the UN. I went, studied law. Wow. And uh, I continued like, sorry, I already studied law, but I continued my studies in law. I mm. went to the Bar Association went to the exam to become a member of the bar association and then I sworn the oath that I'd become a lawyer and help <laughs> others. <laughs> I remember that day I, I swore I swore the oath in front of my dad and he started wow. crying. Yeah, he started crying. He was in the jury, which was awesome. Wow. And uh, that's how, how it happened. And wow. then I became more and more specific into financial crimes and all the crimes around it, human trafficking, modern slavery, uh, terrorist financing, fraud, bribery, corruption, all of those which are unpleasant things, you know. But they're so very did. important and, and not everyone is uh, is sometimes, yani, we'll go into that in, in, right now. Not everyone is 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 competent enough to take on these challenges. And, 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 and this brings me to like this next point. You, you, when you mentioned your dad, you, 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 you mentioned him being an empathetic leader and and this point is very important like how can you how can empathy be that skill set uh, which can be used by you know a leader like yourself what did you see in your father that 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 that, that was that advantage that helped him to become the type of person that he was and therefore i believe you are right now how could that be an advantage yeah it is actually my dad used to to gather us his team and tell us one of the main things of his guidance is that go to the prison every week, look at the prisoners and see whom do you feel he's innocent but doesn't have money to hire a lawyer. And we used to tell him sometimes we're busy, we have so many things and he says, this is more important than anything else. So it started with this thing and I used to go drive three hours to the prison, there's like like a far prison from our office where most of the prisoners are there. And he used to tell me, do that. And it was heartbreaking for me. It was every time I used to go there, I drive back to the office crying every time. Wow. So by time I learned how to be empathetic more and more. And um, he used to tell, tell us also, like he used to tell me sometimes, Hala, go like out of the blue. Hala, tomorrow you go to this prison and check on ex-prisoner and see how he's doing. And I tell him, why don't we call him? Because he has the, the right to have lawyer call with the lawyer. Why do I need to drive again? Mm. He used to tell me, you have to look into your eyes, into his eyes and see how he's treated. I want you to feel how he's treated. On the phone, he might be afraid to express or he knows that the phone is monitored or et cetera, et cetera. You look at him and see how he's feeling. Wow. And I used to drive all that way to spend this 10 minutes visit with the prisoner just to check on him. 
and ask him, how do you feel? So this is how I've been, you know, taught when I started my career. Wow. Um, definitely, it's a skill set because it made me in love with with the with my 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 job. I found it. It's not a job. It's a mission. It's, yeah. We're messengers. You know, we're messengers in life. Each and every one of us is a messenger in life. So yeah. it helps you feel with others. It helps you also. Your clients will connect with you at a different level. I don't believe in we need to set targets. I need to have extra X amount of clients to get enough, this amount of money. No, it's for a better purpose, collective mission. You know, it's like to yeah. make everyone feel belonging and happy. And this is how you succeed because you build this connection. You build this partnership or, or relationship with your clients, with your, with your, with your, also with your colleagues. How many times we go to work or we go to university or whatever, like, and we have our own issues, our own problems, and we are judged of how we are behaving. Yeah. Or we like people distance themselves, don't talk to them. They, I don't know what's the matter with them. We're judged, we're blamed, yeah. we're accused of stuff. She's aggressive. She's, people don't know how, what we're passing through. Yeah. If we put ourselves in other people's shoes and feelings, we really can see the better picture and change our perspective. And also understand, and you know, when you connect with people who's who are having issues, they excel more. They'll yeah. have better performance. They feel they are recognized when you listen to them and focus to them. So my dad used to tell us, when you focus with someone, leave your phone aside, look into their eyes, make them feel they are understood and really recognized. You give them time. Yeah. So this is very important. It is a skill set. It's not difficult at all. It's the mentality. Just don't do it because you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Do it because it is very essential and believe in it. And the people in front of you will, will know if you're really into them or not. Yeah. You cannot yeah. lie into these you things. Can't. They fear. Energy. Yeah. It's energy, right? It's energy. But, but what yeah. you're saying is, yeah. is very interesting to someone like me because sometimes, you know, growing up, you know, so many people say you either have it or you don't. It's not a learned skill. And like when I hear stories like your dad and 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 how he you know influenced that emotional intelligence in you which you know i'll frame it in that sense ei it almost makes me feel like any human being that probably would have done that would have looked into someone's eye would have really felt you know whether that person is innocent or or not it would have you know it, it does put you know a lot of more currency in your emotional intelligence if you're dealing with that if you're increasing your levels of emotional intelligence and your and your levels of empathy and i think there's a human in a gut feeling in it and i think that um not not often do we get the chance as young people to tap into that more and and my question here is like in our arab culture and we don't really interfere with a lot of other people like we, uh, whether it's positively or negatively, uh, perhaps what circumstance in your life made you feel that it's your responsibility to seek out the welfare for people and be more empathetic? Yeah, actually, great question. Thank you. So definitely life circumstances is in relation first to the first question, which is the, the way I was raised. Um, so... I was raised not only with my dad's teachings, it's 
comes also from my great granddad and my granddad. So I was raised on a story which I would love to share with you. So I was small and everyone I met who knows who's my granddad, they used to tell me, do you know something about your granddad? His name is Arif. Do you know something about Arif? So Jiddu Arif. So do you know something about your granddad? At that, my dad, granddad was very sick. He had pneumonia at an advanced stage and he died of pneumonia at an age of like around 60. So mm. at a young age. Mm. And one time he was at the pharmacy going to buy medicine and the thief came, snatched his wallet and ran away. So the people in the pharmacy ran after the thief. They caught him and brought him back to my granddad and says, Arif, what do you want us to do with the thief? He said, keep the wallet with him. Look at him. He's not wearing a jacket and it's winter. He's barefoot. Wow. Definitely he needs the money. That's why he has done it. Mm -hmm. So he needs it more than me. Leave him alone. And he knew, he actually, he built a connection afterwards with the thief. He became friends with the thief. The thief <laughs> was not a thief. He yeah. wanted to feed his kids. Yeah. And it was winter. He wanted to buy them jackets, all of that, sheltered, all of that. So this is the story I've been raised at also. So this tells you like, that's Empathy incredible. can be at, at all levels. And actually he died, my grandfather, uh, after like, like shortly after, after this incident. And then, for example, my dad, also another story where one of his clients called him and he said, the police is at our apart my apartment. I didn't satisfy safety rules by putting fence on the balcony. It's still without fence. They want to penalize me. So my dad said, I'm coming, I'm coming, just told the, tell the police to wait. So he came and told the police that, you know, he had circumstances and this guy had circumstances which delayed building the fence. He has circumstances, don't penalize him. I will be sponsoring him. I will sign that he will do it. While talking, my dad fell off the third, from the third uh, floor because of the lack of the fence. Oh. And he went to the hospital, third floor, and he... He was almost in coma and he lost half of his hearing. Oh so my, my so 100%, 50%, 50% he lost from his ears, from the, the sense of hearing. So, and if you tell, ask my dad, he, he tells you, you know, this is the best thing I've done. I, he doesn't deserve to be penalized. And you ask him, but, but you lost your, your hearing. And he <laughs> says, it's fine. It's meant to happen. It's okay. I can buy um, like this thing and I can hear now. It's fine. It's not wow. like losing. So... Definitely. Wow. So I was so same for my mother. My mother sometimes, if she knows someone needs money, but she doesn't want to hurt them by giving them money because the, we all have ego, right? She create any any job for them. Sometimes gardening. Sometimes you know. So I've been raised despite actually my dad and mom had a very difficult life. Their mm -hmm. life is one of the most difficult. It, it requires a story. Whether poverty, whether health issues, whether they're losing close people to their lives. They had they had their own issues. Mm. Despite that, they they empathized with others. Yeah. So this is one side of it. On the other side, my life wasn't easy. Mm. I like I don't want to dramatize the podcast. No, but, but my, it's very my important. Life, it's very yeah. My life at all actually was not easy at all. Um, and my childhood was a terrible childhood. And I grew up with with i had so many challenges in my life so many challenges is there um, one that that, that that like sticks out like so the one i think which is i think 
relevant to many people, I think, in my, in my place who face the same, that we lived during the war. Wow. We lost mm. four houses. We lived in the shelter. Oh my. Sometimes we had no food. Uh, sometimes we had to eat cucumber, which is rotten, for many, many oh days. So this is one of the things. And you can imagine while living so many people in a shelter, what are the things which, which you encounter in of addition course. to so safety of the child, all of that, like many, yes. many things. And this, this is this the is, trauma that war creates that many people don't really understand when we come to think of the region that is the Middle East and all, especially mm -hmm. like with what happened in Lebanon, like people are, not everyone recovers. And, you know, and it's, it's important to have this at the forefront of why it, empathy is important because it's, it, it, you know, you have to display this sense of humanity, especially within, you know, our culture. Yeah, actually many incidents at the age of four, I was kidnapped, but oh my, my mom God. saved me. So many, many, there, there are things you can oh talk about. There are things I think it will, will dramatize the thing. So <laughs> we'll keep it like 50-50. So yeah. I had, and this affected me when I was growing up because I was traumatized as a child. And I had very, so many challenges also growing up and personal and at work level and being on my own, far from my family, all of that. So there are many cases where I didn't want to wake up. There are many cases where I wished I stay in bed forever. Mm -hmm. There are many, many days where I used to go to work and pray. I need, I wish I disappear today. <laughs> Please don't talk to me. And I can't, I was a manager. I had team and my team had their own issues. So imagine sometimes people, you are in your own issues and very, very depressed. And people coming to you, they are depressed. They're crying. They are, and you need to just put the mask, and you have to because you're you're responsible towards your team, also also uh, emotionally and all of that because you empower them. You you know, so yeah. all of this, I think, being sometimes in a very very low moments where I was extremely depressed, but despite that, I had to wake up, wake up my son, put a smile on my face cook take my son to to it my to the school. most amount of energy to do that like people don't understand I, like yeah. i i was you know i swam i was a pro athlete i swam <laughs> professionally and like i know how tough competing is and mental energy is is a notch above that because you yeah. seriously cannot it's not your, you know, your chemicals in your brain are not working with you. You're not pushing yourself. You're, you're, you're yeah. trying to put something, you're trying to make something happen without it being there. That is the, the normal state of your, your chemical releases and without getting too scientific, it's very hard. That's why yeah. people take medicine because, uh, yeah. yeah, it sometimes does get hard. It is actually, it's, it's, it's so hard, but... Mm -hmm. I think to develop the, what, what lead me to be empathetic is more like everything together and sometimes the responsibility towards others. Yeah. When you have responsibility and people really look, look up at you, look highly, you're their idol mm. and they take this energy from you. They take this motivation. Yeah. You really like, I don't know, it's very hard but you are able to do it. It's yeah. as you, as you mentioned, it requires lots of energy. Yeah. And sometimes you come back home, just maybe cry for five hours, mm. you know, just, you know, and, and then start again and then come back home and cry again, you know? So, uh, would you say I that purpose, that purpose was something that really pulled you towards getting out of where you were? Like it's this wide factor that, uh, that, that seriously 
sort of uh, gets you out of uh, of bed or gets you out of the state that you are in and makes it yeah. all worth it because sometimes yeah. it it doesn't really sound like it's worth it uh, in the short run but when you need that depth when you need that something to lift you up it's probably running throughout the entire conversation that we're talking about yeah. is the impact on other people and sometimes you know the ego is uh, when you don't look when when you forget the ego sometimes you realize that sometimes you're not living just for yourself top on self love and self care is the most important thing but when you're able to give that to others you truly see and are inspired by impact and yeah. I'm, i'm i'm hearing that through the conversation quite a lot yeah. and um, absolutely yeah. absolutely so having people exactly the impact on others because emotional intelligence or mental health or all, all of that it's the same thing it it doesn't impact you as you mentioned alone it impacts every single person in your life mm-hmm. every single person in your life whether family or colleagues or friends mm-hmm. so for me for me the main purpose was my son of course because he st- he noticed at some at a certain time he noticed yeah and he looked sad and he had an anxiety mm. and this killed me yeah. this for me was like no yeah. i will fight it yeah. i will fight it and i will win i will win over this over the mental issues i will win at the end mm. and if you know it's it's if it's not for me it's for this son for my son yes. you know for this boy because when he noticed it killed me you yeah. know it was like for me it's like and that's the, the hardest of, thing yeah. ever it's the hardest <laughs> thing ever when you when you, when you love someone so much and uh, especially being a mother and uh, and seeing that this could potentially you know harm someone who who doesn't know anything about you know what's going on with you and uh, you know, i've yeah. i've had that personal experience and sometimes we just need sometimes that is subhanal like the only yeah. thing that keeps us going beyond any any form of of it's our human instinct it's this fight or flight that somehow you get that that type of energy and i find this yani so 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 brave that uh, that we're talking about that cuz mental health is is a huge burden in the arab world you know it costs billions of dollars here in canada let alone the entire arab region yani. yeah how do you how, how how do you how how important is it for you that that the people put more attention to mental health and 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 and, and how far do you think the arab business landscape needs to needs to be uh, better aware for us to uh, you know overcome the hurdles of of for example the covid pandemic the the lebanon blast where are we now and and how far are we like where do we need to be and what do you think the action that needs to get us where we need to be like what type of action do we need yeah it's actually a great great question unfortunately in some of the arab worlds i don't want to generalize because some of them are ahead of others uh we are, the culture is still controlling mm. the belief and the understanding of mental health so as we were talking before like in many instances i hear it in my in my own uh, you know environment in my own country i hear it here as well in dubai like sometimes when you talk about someone with mental health issues they are oh, he's crazy mm. uh, distance yourself from them uh, they will create headache for you uh, you know don't take what he's what he's so all this judgmental thing 
towards mental health. Another thing is the denial. Hmm. All of us have mental health issues. All of us. No one on earth has no mental issues. We just need to acknowledge that and be truthful to ourselves. We have to really, every one of us, and every one of us is at different level. Sometimes people say, I get stressed so easily. I have an anxiety. I get sad quickly. I have mood swinging quickly. All of that are mental issues, you know? Mental issues don't mean that you are crazy. However, if you deny and ignore that, you might go there. Yeah. That's why you have to really take it very seriously. In the Arab world, it's, you feel sometimes that it's shameful that she's going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Oh, I saw her giving the psychologist clinic and they just whisper and murmur towards the person. Oh, you know, I saw her there. Uh, she was leaving, uh, putting a, a, a huge shades, covering her, disguising herself because she doesn't want people to see her. You see wow. all those judgmental things. Yeah. I hear, I heard it all the time in, in the Arab world, wherever I go, when people used to come and tell me, like, um, if you know a psychologist or like any conversation we open, tell us a psychologist, which is not very well known. We wow. don't want people to have access to that. Or does this psychologist have two doors? The entrance is different than the, the exit door. All these like people, people will have mental issues when they decide to go <laughs> to a psychologist. Yeah. They'll start, you know, thinking of that. And this is all the cult because this is our culture. We've been raised. Psychologist is for crazy people. This is one. Mm. Second thing, I think in many of the Arab wars, we, we were so much traumatized, whether because of war or poverty or other stuff, political issues, mm. corruption, bribery, all of these things. So we we lived or we, we were raised like ha being a, a person who's stressed or angry or sad or depressed. This is normal because we've been raised. We've seen our mom depressed, our grandmom depressed, our great granddad depressed, our uncles depressed, all of that. And this is normal. This is life. This is it's normal. Yeah. No, it's not normal. It's not, it's, not. <laughs> it's not normal. And that's why sometimes we see lots of physical health more than any other parts of the world because of the mental health. Yeah. Because it's, it's very much linked to each other. Of course. So definitely, I think what you are doing, what you're inspiring others, this is, I think, the first step towards um, better receptivity towards mitigating any me mental health issues. Mm. So people like you, I think we need more people like you. We need people who inspire others like you. We need to change the mindset. So I, that's why I told you, I felt so much optimistic when I met you because oh, you are really you. brave. You are really bold. You are, I, I don't find, like there are many, many words I want to tell you, like, you know, I like, <laughs> full, <laughs> just you. throw it to, like, you're amazing. Imagine if everyone thinks this way. Yeah, and this feel, would be a different world. People uh, and, would see and just more happiness. Feel at, exactly, and just yeah. you feel at ease. I have mental issues, so what? Yeah. I go to the psychologist, I go to seek help, I go wherever I need. It's okay to have mental issues. We're humans, yeah. we're humans. So I think it's the awareness we need more than that. I think also, setting. I believe in setting the tone from the top, which means governments need to be more proactive. Yeah. In the Arab world, you see less than a quarter of the countries which have those proactive measures mm. towards mental health and encourage people to be 
transparent in their feeling towards themselves, you know, but just be transparent towards yourself. So I think having more people like you have setting the tone from the top, from the government, I think this will change the culture. It's all about the culture yeah. and we will, it will lead us to where we should be. Yeah. And I think, Yanni, you know, relating to what you're saying, it's, it's not that, uh, you know, we do need it more we do need this more than ever especially when we are a lot of us are traumatized right uh i think when 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 someone's calling someone else like any sort of name you know it yani al magnoon bi sami al magnoon magnoon yani yani it's 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 and that drives a lot of frustration i think so you're absolutely right and i think that you know some governments spend 3% of their health budgets just on mental health and 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 is that fair that 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 the that the that the balance is 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 like that I, i don't think so so i think this is truly why like conversations like these are very important and um you know my last my last question here is is for you and it's a personal one you know I, i'm personally very inspired by the way you carry yourself yani the way you think um as a youth leader myself yani you not only inspire men like me young men but also a lot of women i'm sure and how do you manage to self care you know you've seen so many things in your life how do you what do you do to really give yourself the care and love that you need um, while maintaining that busy uh, career and that emotionally i would say demanding career Thank you so much. It's an awesome question. Um, I think I have to be very transparent also with you and with with everyone listening to us. I only learned to be mentally healthy is after I lost it several times. So wow. it's not like I always had the power or like had it all or figured it out all the time. No, I lost it several times. Mm-hmm. I was at the bottom of emotional level, like you just you name it. Yeah. what kind of feelings i felt so i th- and i'm grateful that i was there at the bottom and in mm. my low feelings i think it was the only way to make me realize how to figure out ways to stay mentally healthy and i think one of the things which affected me and that's why i lost it several times is you know ego we all think we're the strongest we have it all <laughs> it's like i am like wonder woman not of exactly you know fighters yeah. we fight so i always thought like i can when i lost it i thought like i am very strong no one nothing can beat me no one nothing can shake me you know? <laughs> i was you know i was at yeah. the bottom of the bottom of the <laughs> i was like <laughs> dead yeah. you know at, at sometimes so i figured that i think with experience you figure out ways mm. uh, i so i think now i learned my lesson to learn to to listen to every mental health sign i have mm. So now I monitor myself and I know the signs what I feel and if I start feeling I don't get it to a stage where I used to get it like le- allow it to to get before yeah. I quickly react to the to the to the signs mm. and before also reacting I learned also these experiences made me love myself so much mm. in a way where I take care of myself before anything else because how can I really figure out my mental health issues or stay strong or give this impact towards others and my son if I don't have enough love right so this yeah. is very important to love myself to listen to the sign 
to believe in yourself and always trust. And, and this is also, I told Fatma in, in the bullet interview, you were yeah. mentioning that always believe in life and believe in universe. Mm. I, I so much believe in the law of attraction yeah. because we, and it worked with me so much and it's still working. And sometimes really it's, I just look to the sky and say, thank you so much. You're like, thank you, God, you're listening to me so much, yeah. like in detail, sometimes very specific things which like it happens exactly how I thought of it mm. so uh, it's very important to believe in life believe in the universe that everything happens for a reason and even if we are at the bottom bottom of our emotional level things will change yeah. always think ne nothing stays the same mm. and once you know you're a good person only good things happen to you just have faith in this and this works like magic mm. and always um it's very important to it's okay to seek help yeah it's okay to go and ask did you for seek help. help when you needed it like of for course yeah. of course i seeked help when i when i i faced several situations first time i went to psychologist i was 15 years old wow because I was traumatized because of the war and I started reading how much this can impact me at, at a later stage. So I was proactive and I, I went, I remember I went to a psychologist and she said, why are you coming? You're just, did you, do, I, do your parents know? Oh, by the way, now if my parents would listen, they would be surprised. They never know. <laughs> so I just remembered actually. <laughs> so, I will have lots of calls after this podcast. I mean, <laughs> when did you go to? So I went and I went for three years. And I went on weekly basis. So, wow, hi, mom, so hi, brilliant. dad. We'll that's talk so about brilliant. it later. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm telling my mom and dad that I will tell them later. So, so, brave. Um, that's so, so brave. 15 to 18, I went. Then I went several times uh, when in my 20s. I went several times in my 30s. I'm now 39. And whenever I need it, I go there. And sometimes whenever I feel that any of my behavior will impact my son's feelings, I go and seek mm. help. Yeah. So definitely I used to go. I still go whenever I need that. It's something I'm proud of. And it's I, not scary, right? Like it's not scary because a lot of people feel like it's contrary. a scary exper experience sharing like their feelings and not knowing if this other person's going to control them, right? Like a lot of people don't don't yet have this awareness that this therapist or the psychologist is working with you. You are a team. And if you don't put in the effort, you won't get the results. It's, 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 it's just, no one is controlling you. You're not going to, a, 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 you know, a, a magician to, 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 to cast a spell on you. And that's like, but that's, that's what we have growing up feeling like those therapists are right They're They're, yeah. a, they're a higher power that we can't control. And like, it interferes with God and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it. so I'm it's really actually, glad you shared that. It's the best thing actually ever. And as mentioned, and I always mention, and I always tell my team, tell my family, tell my son, tell everyone I care about, we all have mental issues. We just need to be honest with that. Yeah. We definitely, everyone, any trauma we, we were exposed to, any childhood experience, the way we were, we were raised, sometimes we, we, we had some, have some mental issues taken from our parents, not intentionally, because they had certain you know, way of thinking, some the way they raised us, the stress they were in when they raised us. Yeah. My parents raised, raised me during the war. So we left from house to house to house to house. We were like, we were just feeling not belonging to anything, losing everything we have. My dad started over his career four times from scratch. Yeah. 
Wow. So we were and also we faced poverty. So all of this will come to you, will give you an anxiety, um, separation and anxiety, all kinds of anxieties in your life. So definitely going to a psychologist will help you a lot. Mm. On the contrary, actually, you will discover something in life which you feel sometimes sorry other people did, they didn't discover it yet, yeah. which is when you put everything you feel in front of you, it just goes away. Yeah. You just have to face it, confront it, live with it, feel the sadness, go to your bottom feelings. It's okay. You yeah. will rise again. As we say, depression is a U shape. Yeah. It goes at the bottom and then goes up. Yeah. We all have that. And, and don't allow yourself just live that and don't take care of yourself. Seek help. Seeking help is the most important thing. And I think also something important is that as we know, most of our mental health issues comes from communication with other people. With, it comes from people, right? Yeah. Impact of people on us. Always, whenever you can, distance yourself from people who are not empathetic. Yes. It's okay. Even if they are so close to you. It's yes. fine. It's yeah. fine. You come first. Yeah. You come first. Hala come first. Ali come first. So whomever, like, who loves you, who lo loves you the way you are with no yeah. judging, with loves you the way you are, with your sadness, with your anger, with your unconditional. unconditional. This is yeah. the pe people who love you truly, accept you the way you are. They don't ask you to change. On the contrary, they empathize with you, help you. Yeah, and they don't judge you. They don't judge they you. They don't judge you. They don't blame you. They don't, you know, treat you as if, you know, you are a zombie or something. Yeah. On the contrary, you know, we empathize. And finally, I urge everyone to smile. Because yeah. seriously, smiling is contagious. Yeah. And uh, it just live. They, I, I don't like this terminology, but it works. But I, I love, I, I wish I can find another terminology, like fake it till you make it. Yeah. Fake, like not fake it, smile yeah. and wake up every day saying, having those affirmations that today is an amazing day. I do this all the time and I meditate. I think this thing helps me a lot. Also, I urge everyone to, to meditate meditating like this is workout for the soul mm -hmm. and workout of course workout also helps you with with your mental health a lot but meditate is very important do the daily routine affirmations believe your day is amazing believe you are amazing every one of us is amazing mm -hmm. and then life like magic becomes amazing and i'm very grateful to everything i follow and i believe because Seriously, life is amazing with all its difficulties. It's amazing. I because think you, you have to yeah. you have to feel it. You have to feel yeah. the difficulties to really feel like the 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 the, the, the amazing things that happen. I, I think if we got it easy, if if you didn't have to go through the war, you wouldn't appreciate you know the way you're living with your son right now and all the access that you may not. Ha you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to you have to. I think. Uh, whoever doesn't know sadness does not know happiness yeah. and i always say that you know w w when you're saying the u-shape of depression the only way out is through and i think you have to feel it through you have to feel everything through and uh, even right now you know sometimes people are saying that it's a very hard time they can't get you know they they are feeling very 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 down due to corona many young people can't get jobs i i actually like love the fact that people are not, you know, 
we will remember these times because when people get the opportunity they will do their best and it won't they won't take it for granted and i think that this is the most important thing with understanding that everything works in cycles just as what you're saying so bagad it's it's inspiring to see that uh, you know this way of thinking this progressive way of thinking is 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 truly there yani you know this is we have we have we have to step up our game in, in the arab world and you know you give me a lot of hope bagad dehala so thank you so much you too you have thank no you. idea you thank too you. okay so now okay this is this is where like this is the fun <laughs> segment of the show we're near the end and what we're going to be doing right now is i used to do this in the beginning sort of 20 episodes of empathy always wins until i stopped it and then people start telling me we need this back cuz this was the most fun part of the of 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 the of the show so this is going to be a fireball segment it's a one minute ya rab asr ya rab it's a one minute it's a one minute timer i'll put on and basically what i'll do is i'll just fire questions at you they're just they're, they're things that will just like uh you know knock you knock you off the the the, the professional sort of uh, uh tone they're, they're very personal uh, life uh, you know taste questions you like them i think that's the sort of fun part of the show so uh, i'm just going to put the timer right on right now and i'll start fire que- firing questions at you so with that being said are you ready yes i'm ready <laughs> okay khalas perfect hello who's your favorite athlete okay biggest role model That's Mandela. If you could relive one day, what would it be? Um, one day with my aunt who passed away. Oh, proudest achievement. The way I'm raising my son. Favorite book. Wow. Actually, there are many favorite books. Uh Up um Hells and Valleys. Favorite city in the world? Inja. Song the best describes your life. Wow. I can't think of one. <laughs> An artist that inspires you. Davidson. Favorite quote. We create our own destiny. Your favorite genre of music? All right, that is it. <laughs> that was hard, eh? Yeah. That was hard. That was hard. You know, I, I was when when you asked me about favorite athlete, I was thinking of several and then I thought I have to say something which makes my son happy. And then I remember <laughs> he's with he's with Real Madrid. Who are the football players? <laughs> I I want to say something which makes him happy and then I lost it. I, I lost all the players. He will kill me. <laughs> Uh, I love this. I love this. I love this because it's like it's yeah, like we we all have things that, and I love when you said Da Vinci. How do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> it's very nice. I love that. <laughs> I felt like I'm in an exam, you know. <laughs> I need to know the answer. I need to know that. <laughs> uh okay. This this next part is a reflection segment. So this part this question is is going to be a little bit more is sort of deep and if you go if you could go back in time what's one thing you could tell your um 13-year-old Hela to be proud of who she is because she's going to be 
an awesome person and help lots of people. Wow, that is amazing. And I think that um, we need to sometimes, you know, hella psychologically speaking, the kids who receive that type of love grow up, um, grow up with a better, with better mental health. Yes. It's Absolutely. very important. It's very important to have this, and I think that I, we need to stress this more often, and uh, especially for men showing their boys love and affection. It, it truly is very impactful. So, yeah. thank you for for sharing this. Um, thank the you. The last, 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 last question is the legacies <laughs> question. In a hundred years' time, what would be the title of of a book that you could potentially write? Um, and who would write your if there's any one person in the world that would write your foreword who would it be sorry if, what's the name of the book and the second part of the question I is, didn't is, is if there was someone who would write your foreword the first part of your book um, who would who would you choose to write uh, the foreword to your book so in a hundred years wow. time what would be the title of your book and if you would choose one person to write the foreword to introduce your book who would it be so my book would be called uh, you are your life and uh, the first part of the book i think i will ask my dad and my son to write it together wow Ella, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for thank coming you. on and it's an honor to have you. Good. Thank you so no, much. No, thank you. You are the inspiration and I'm so honored I'm with you and I wish everyone will be like you. You're amazing. I was telling you, I told my son about oh. you and he looks forward to meet you. Inshallah. You're amazing. I, I can't wait. Thank you, Good. And it's, uh, again, I, I just want to say that, uh, you know, it's those conversations that matter and, uh, it's uh, Ya Rabb, anyone listening to us right now that if that they're feeling something just to know that you know Hela myself if anything we've we've gotten out and, and you too can so thank you so much Hela. thank you so much thank you <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> thank you Hela Boilwen for joining me on Empathy Always Wins and you know a text on LinkedIn became a much more deeper relationship which became an episode and none of this was planned it was truly out of the blue and sometimes you bump into people and you just click and there is hope i hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode and please feel free to reach out to me ali salama on instagram or on linkedin i'd love to learn more about how this show can be better take your comments and one last message that I want to leave you with today is in life and in business, just as Hala said, empathy always wins.